Nerd Night, and welcome back to another episode. As always, is me, Jada, and Cole. Say hi, Cole. Is me, Cole. (laughs) That's it. And um, we're back with another episode. Tis. We are Tis. We are Tis back with another episode. (laughs) Um... Today, we shall be discussing the beautiful game of Resident Evil, but not all of them, because there's like 15 games, and that's a lot. So we're only going to be talking about 7 and 8, which are the two most recent installments of the game. Um, Funny enough that we're talking about it since the last episode, we covered DMC, which is made by the same company, Capcom, that made Resident Evil. So a nice flow i didn't even really plan this to happen but it's a nice flow no we didn't and it's but also the reason you specifically because i know resident evil but like i don't know resident evil like i've never played any of the games Mm -hmm. and the reason you pick these two is because they follow like the same story right whereas the other ones kind of have a different story uh, well, honestly, we picked these two randomly, and these are two of my favorite games. Um, but I wanted to do something in like the earlier games, but yeah, these two like are back to back because the earlier games are kind of like all over the place with different missions and characters. But these two follow like pretty much the exact same story and characters, and they just continue on. And they're the newer ones, so people know them more than older ones with the two pixel lated <laughs> I mean, stuff going on. <laughs> this is true but also I feel like we've established very strongly that our demographic is people like our age who like grew up playing the things we played, watching the things we watch and all of this is very self-serving. 100%. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure there are bigger games out there that we can cover, but we love Resident Evil, and this is why we're here. I mean, honestly, everything we do is self-serving, truly. Like, we pick things that we want (laughs) that, you know, we're just like, this will be fun. I mean, we've told you guys repeatedly that we're not going to do Baruto, even though Baruto is pretty up there right now. But if we don't want to do it, we're not going to. And that's I it. mean, it's been on like the trendy crunchy roll list for a long time. And I remember feeling so accomplished because Naruto Shippuden was still above it in the order. So I was like, yes, King, keep it up. And then I think recently I logged on and Boruto had moved above it. And when I tell you, I was hurt, betrayed and upset. Mm-hmm. Those were mm-hmm. my feelings. All the above. And we might talk about Boruto in the sense Honestly. of she'll be on a list of us being like, things we don't watch and why. That'll be it. Sorry, guys. But that's it. Anywho, yeah, we're talking about Resident Evil. Um, quick thing, trigger warning, you guys. Mostly for seven because it is she crazy. crazy. It's, it's dark. I'm talking like self-harm, gore, bugs. If you don't like bugs, I get you. And Kidnapping. some torture elements. 
kidnapping, you know, like is bad. So if you do not feel like you can go through this, it's totally fine. I would skip to the second half of this podcast episode because eight is much more laid back. I, I mean, mean he gets his arm off. <laughs> he gets his arm cut off many times. Like, but it's cute. Things. But that is the least. Yeah, it's the least of our worries. An arm chopped off. Eh, that's nothing. Some self harm and torture. Mm, that's something to look at. So if you don't feel like I'm gonna do another one for uh, eight when we get there, just to give you a warning. But eight is much more laid back. So if you Uh-oh. feel the need, do that. But if not, and you ready to go, then we can go to seven and let's do this. I mean, I don't know if I'd describe any of them as laid back. And also, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Uh, If we have any people listening who are veterans of the U.S. Armed Forces, we'd like to say thank you. Hope you are celebrating Memorial Day well and you're feeling appreciated. Yeah, have a nice barbecue. That's (laughs) that's how Americans celebrate everything everything the barbecue and a flag and some iced tea and a, Enjoy your day, guys. <laughs> and a flag <laughs> and a flag <laughs> even pride even pride we're out here with flags <laughs> Bill, a flag maybe not some iced tea maybe like some gatorade <laughs> i was thinking like a white claw or a beer that a beer you know i'm not a beer some... person but those tiny little like barrel juices we used to have as kids. <gasps> yes, there you go. I was. And they literally they taste one hundred percent like just pure high fructose corn syrup. But man, did that keep you cool during the hot summer days? Yeah, you thought it was like the most like hydrating, moisturizing thing that's ever existed. But in reality, it was just sugar sapping all of the water from your body. You run to your mom, you grab one, jug it down, and go back to play the playground with your friends. You do that a couple times, golden. Or um, did you ever, when I was a kid, it was a thing that like, if you were a part of rec sports, like... Okay, this is gonna sound bougie, and I apologize. My older brother <laughs> played ice hockey. <laughs> what the hell? Ice hockey? So he ice was hockey. on an ice hockey team, not for like a long time, but just when he was younger for a couple of years. And my dad coached the team. And after all the of name? their, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, but after all of the games, some like family member some mother of the team someone would bring like a cooler full of like snacks and it'd be like drinks and like you know brownies and like sandwiches and stuff and like that was like someone always brought stuff did you ever do that you didn't play sports i i played soccer but i see that for you one year because yeah i played soccer it was like really small I think my team was called like the superstars or something. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We were called Gem and the Holograms. 
it was it was terrible i was terrible at it but to this day i will always count myself as a soccer champion world renowned soccer player like that's it i i was the best out there i really wasn't the coach never wanted me on the field i just see you being afraid like i feel like you wouldn't want to get hit yeah (laughs) and you know some of them girls in soccer they'll punch you literally i think i got hit like once i got i took the ball um (laughs) to the stomach straight to my gut threw up and i was like i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) this is it for me and you know honestly watching you play soccer i feel like would be similar to me watching my brother play ice hockey because your legs kind of are like the thinness of like the little hockey stick and you would just (laughs) be throwing those bitches around (laughs) i was just trying to chase after the ball i didn't have any really coordination but i tried and that's all that matters i feel like you were one of those people where you were like i just know my objective is to get to the ball when i get there do i know what to do absolutely not but i'm chasing it yeah pretty much (laughs) that's why i sucked (laughs) you were young it's okay we were were all bad at sports when we were young except for that one kid Mm, i hate them i did have that one kid we were friends i hated her (laughs) (laughs) we were friends hater guts (laughs) She never, she was never benched. She was on the field all the time. She, the only time that he benched her was because she was really tired and needed a rest. And he's like, fine. And then as soon as she was good, she got right back out there. And I'm like, I can do that too. <laughs> Meanwhile, you were like bench warming hard. Hard. I passed them the little water cups that's how i helped he's like here this is how you can help i'm like hell yeah you were a water girl (laughs) it was was terrible now i think about it it was really terrible my coach was a jerk treating me like that he's racist anyway (laughs) i think he just like sometimes those coach for those little league teams they take like it too seriously so i think he was like we're gonna win we're gonna crush those other six-year-olds jada you can't be in (laughs) i can't be here jada you're not cool enough i wouldn't be surprised if he just like didn't invite you to like practices and games and you were just like what we played a game we're the champions we won and they were like oh sorry we forgot to text you i don't know I couldn't say, but I tried. We babbled, we babbled. We'll get into the episode now, people. Anyway, big, yeah, big chances. Sorry about that. Here we go. So, Jada, talk Yo. to me as if I've never, I don't know about, which I really don't know too much about Resident Evil 7 and 8. Starting with seven, of course, because numbers. numbers. And get introduce me. What am I expecting? Take me on the ride of my lifetime. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. Okay, so Resident Evil 7 came out in 2017. And How it old was were you? Really? Uh, 16. I was 16, dang. Anyway, you were six- um, I was 19. 
remember i'm always like a year younger than what the year is so if it's i'm always i'm 16 i'm always two years older than what the year is right so it's like it's weird but yeah i was 16 years old it was cool i was Um, paying my taxes i can't relate anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh this is the first person survivor survival horror game and it was very weird and strange because what we are used to seeing in Resident Evil games is that third person sharp turns camera turning you know like that's that's the vibe we've gotten throughout the years since the first game the camera like in Resident Evil is so (laughs) I like I remember watching my brother play one of the when it was like that blonde guy with like the emo haircut and he wore like that like cop uniform and he was saving that annoying ass girl and yes sorry if people like her I don't know she's annoying yeah but um you would like walk into a room you can't control the camera and the camera would be like 10 miles like to the left of you you wouldn't and then like the controls would become different depending on the room you were in so I remember playing those kinds of games and sometimes you would be like for like a minute just going in and out of the room because the controls kept switching (laughs) Yeah, because you would like see something in the previous room, right? And then you would try to be like, okay, it was nothing. And then you go back and then you're like, oh, wait, I forgot something in that room. And then you go back. So then the camera changed from in front of you to behind you to in a corner watching you to behind you again to on the floor in front of you. And you're just like, whoa. And it got super intense when someone was following you. Oh my God. All these different angles, the stress. And as as well, I, one of my biggest pet peeves, because I've played The Evil Within, which has like similar-ish tendencies to Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. but you can control the camera, but there would be times it wouldn't let you. And so you would be like running from a creature and they would have the camera only looking behind you. And so you're watching this thing chase you, but you can't see what's in front of you. And I'm like bitch like let me look (laughs) and then it'd do the opposite where you're like i know something's chasing me but it won't let you turn the camera so you're just like running i mean i'd rather that because i don't even want to know i just need to know where i'm going yeah like i need to know where i'm going and that's it but point me in the direction Point me where I'm running because that's where I'm going to go. And I don't need to see behind me until you make me. <laughs> but that's what was so crazy about this game was because it they changed all of that. And people were like, oh, man, you're making it like the normal, like first person shooter games. And that's not what Resident Evil is. And I'm like, the camera angle's fine, you guys, because this still got the creeps of everything. We're good. <laughs> Really, it was like a quality of life change just for the players. A good old, you know, yeah. QL. Basically. And it was just like, we're fine. But it really changed everything about it. And most recently, now these two games have just kept the first person of it. So I don't know Praise. if they'll change it back. I- right now, only we have these two new games and then they've remade the 
other games like Resident Evil 2 and 3, they've remade mm-hmm. them and they still kept the original camera style, but now it's just clean and fresh and pretty. So best Here's of both the thing. It feels like it would be and maybe this is going to be too big of a word to use for this, but it would feel reductive in a way to like go back like that after changing it to something just better because I associate that kind of camera angle and like how that was moving with like early games. Cause a lot of games would do that. It was hard to have multiple mm-hmm. axes to have a vision for your character. So they're like, okay, right. well we'll have them move on like, you know, a more like lateral style. And if I'm using these terms wrong, I don't freaking know about game design people. <laughs> lateral you know kind of movement but without having any sort of 360 camera movement it made it Mm -hmm. easier for production whereas like now it's like if a game's like that i'm like okay so you spent two dollars on this like it doesn't add anything to the vibe and i respect if people like it because it comes from a place of i think like a purist standpoint which i can definitely be a purist sometimes of like don't change anything it was perfect but you know it's worth it yeah just it depends on you but the games are still really good i really enjoyed them um it was it's still under like the same umbrella hint hint if you the umbrella corporation yeah that (laughs) I got it. I got, I've seen. I've seen get the it, movies. Get it. The movies count. Movie, see, movies are totally fine. But the movies are okay. Actually, the last like two movies aren't that good, but the first like two or three, bitch, beautiful, popped off, it. and it was awesome. Um, but it's they have like little like you know trinkets and little hints to the previous games that you can see while you're playing it. Um, but good thing is you don't have to play all the other games in order to understand this one because it's completely new. The plot, the characters, the smells, the enemies, everything is new. Resident Evil to me has really like perfected and done a really great job of universally incorporating like Easter eggs. Like, it's a very self-referential game, and especially since it's been around for quite some time, there's constant self-references to older things that all tie into this complex web of story. And they're, like, one of the first games that, like, as a child, I remember being like, oh, my God, they put, like, a little extra work into, like, adding these fun, tiny little Easter eggs that just kind of, like, you know, they, they just make you kind of giggle and smile and, and or you're like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I know what that's from. But they've done a really good job at it. They still keep like the same vibe of everything. Mm-hmm. So like you go from area to area, like there's a bunch of puzzles. There are stalking bosses, like literally same vibe. Only difference are the characters and the camera angles. Yeah. Well, and I remember it giving me Tomb Raider vibes. Like I remember playing Tomb Raider on like my PSP. Everyone remember the PSP? Iconic (laughs) game system. I don't understand why it went away. I loved it. 
but I would play this Tomb Raider game and it was very much, you know, you would get some puzzles. It was kind of a shooter and like all of that. And, it, and then I saw Resident Evil and I was like, ah, he's like the Laura Croft of this game. Like, oh, Laura Croft, is that you? No. I love Laura Croft. She is queen. When she's played by Angelina Jolie. Moment of silence for the mommy that she is. I love Angelina Jolie. I don't know if that's controversial, but I'm just gonna hold my ground and say that I love her. It's a fact. It would be rude to say that you were not in love with her at any stage of her life. And that's the thing is she's been an actress for so long that like, and she's gone through so many stages of like her acting that it's like, was she Laura Croft to you? Was she Maleficent? Was she this? Was she that? However you were introduced to her, she was always beautiful, always great. Loved it. She's a queen. Anyway, <laughs> another <laughs> tangent. <laughs> we're just feeling it, I guess. Like we're really I, just vibing today. Like it's I stayed chill. up till four a.m. gaming, and then Jesus. woke up at nine. And then I'm a little sniffly today, got a little allergies going on. So I'm just like chilling. I just ate some eggs. Eggs. With some salsa. I have, I have tea and a little squirrel mug. It's my favorite mug ever. It's a little squirrel and a little nut and I have tea in it and I love her so much. Honestly, you give squirrel energy. I got it for Christmas on one of uh, my ex coworkers. She was like, "Here, I found this mug for you," and I'm like, oh, "It's a squirrel mug." And then immediately, I got home. I made hot chocolate in it, and I just felt so at one, at peace with myself. So yeah, See, I'm a squ- that's squirrel energy. Yeah, I don't know why. Anyway, again, <laughs> let's get through some characters. Um. Not a lot. You're going to see these characters a lot, hear from them a lot. But quickly, we have the Winters, Ethan and Mia. Um, Ethan is a systems engineer, and he is the husband of Mia. And Mia is a, quote unquote, high ranking employee of a trading company. Um, And she's Ethan's wife. After that, we're going to get into uh, the Baker household. We have Jack, who is the head. He's the father. Um, We have Marguerite, who is the mother, wife of Jack. Uh, We got Lucas, firstborn son. And then we got Zoe, who is the daughter, secondborn. Um, She helps Ethan throughout the game. We'll get to her. Um, After that, we have Evelyn, who is... uh, demon spawn of satan i was gonna say she's highlighted red on here <laughs> like dem- demon spawn of satan but uh Aren't we're not gonna get too much from satan i mean some of them are just demon spawns other them come directly from satan and that's her uh she high rank right uh, we're not going to get too much into her, but she's very important. So keep that in mind. And then uh, if you know the series, you already know this name, Chris Redfield. He's an agent um, in this organization, Bioterrorism Security Assets Alliance or BSAA. We love him. He's dedicated to destroying bioorganic weapons and people who sell or make them. So he's like 
working man all he's the like time. a like a green beret or something like he got like secret missions that like he can't mm-hmm. tell anyone about no one knows that there's biotechnology but like his whole life is defeating it yeah all of it and he is the brother of i believe her name just slipped claire claire redfield that is her brother honestly um, he is fine he is daddy and he is gorgeous. he looks good in this game in the eighth game oh he oh my god they said we we really need a thirst trap don't <laughs> oh, like i can't even with this man <laughs> he goes through two outfits one he got like this big like suit on and his jacket he just looks menacing and like beautiful and then the second one is when he's on a mission and his arms mm. i'm an arm guy i like dad bod with like big arms sold he is mm. we'll get to him later to <laughs> we love chris we stand chris okay here's the story gather around <laughs> children it's been like 20 minutes yeah i know <laughs> Uh, gather around children this is what's gonna be it we're trying to go fast we don't want to make this a four-hour video but the way me and cole are like really vibing today this might be a four-hour video we're gonna have to cut we're gonna have to i know okay so story starts off with mia she sends a video to ethan um and it's just her being cute little wifey right now she's taking a babysitting job out of town she's not with him and she's just like ethan mwah, mwah, mwah. i miss you snuggle buns i would like to insert a cole comment here please do she looks absolutely terrifying <laughs> however they animated her and put her in this video i fully was like that is a zombie that <laughs> is a phantom that is something i don't like she looked gross She's not the prettiest in this game, but she's supposed to be. I'm like, not judging her for being ugly. I'm saying, however, they animated, maybe it's her skin tone, something about her face. I was her just eyes like, she's and not her hair. human. That looks weird. Yeah. She's, she's a not weird. human. It's not the best, but. I don't perceive her. <laughs> anyway, um, we end up finding out that that video was sent to him about three years ago she right now has disappeared and Ethan believes that she's dead. Um, and that was the last thing that she had, that he has of her. So he's kind of just like lost my wife, all that Woe stuff. Is me. But out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere, he gets another video from her. It's like a distressed call that she's alive, but she's telling him to stay away and just have a good life. And here's just the like, freaking thing. What? <laughs> right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who go the ahead. fuck? Mia, <laughs> drop the Addy, I'm pulling up. I don't understand mm-hmm. why you have the awe fucking dacity. Men are supposed to have this mm-hmm. kind of audacity, not you. I'm <laughs> upset that you are stooping so low to have as much audacity as a man of sending a fucking video message of you've been missing for how long, bitch? They, they you were legally dead. Yeah, pretty you much. You were gone. Your tombstone was planted. And you're like, oh, hi, I'm still alive. Um, but don't come here. 
I'm like, you bitch. I hate her. Literally, I didn't even know a lot about this game, but I told that to Jada and she was like, I love that you're already picking up on the vibes. (laughs) Like, you're not... You either love Mia or you don't. There's no in between. She's either like the best thing ever or she's literally the most annoying thing in the planet. I have chosen the most annoying thing in the planet. As have I. So, but he gets that video and Ethan being the husband that he is, leaves his job um, as a California girl and goes to rescue his damsel in distress. (laughs) He worked in California and Mia is from Texas. Oh, the state <laughs> <funny>. of Texas. <laughs> um, but when he tracks her down, she's in this rundown house in Louisiana, and he starts searching through this house, and it is so gross. It is moldy and nasty and filled with bugs and, and rotten food and just <sighs> is gross. I hate this house, but he needs to find his waifu. So here we're going. He pulls up. That's it. Um, He ends up finding her in a basement. And Uh, Mia has some little patches of her memory gone. And he's uh, like, what the hell's going on? uh, Why did you send me that video? uh, And she's just like, I don't know. I got no no idea. I I hear her. He's like, I didn't send you a video. And he's just like, I saw the freaking video. You were like at a party saying, don't come find me. What? And she's like, I don't know. I swear. Immediately she goes into get Ethan out of here mode. And she starts being like, let's go. She's going through this basement. She starts saying weird things like we got to hurry up before father comes back. We can't let father see us. And we're just like, is your dad here? He's like, I'm supposed to be your dad. Hello? (laughs) Weird. We start trying to find our way we get into a dead end and mia needs to take five because she's losing her mind at this point and she lets ethan lead the way and try to find a way out of here he starts looking we leave this girl for five seconds and she's being attacked and she disappears and we're like cool here we go again this is a reoccurring thing get used to it as we keep looking um Things start getting real creepy. Doors are opening by themselves. Someone turned the lights off. Michael Jackson's hee-hee is echoing off the walls. It's It's scary. We don't like it. We start going down this staircase. It's so dark. Um, But we see Mia crawling back up the staircase. And immediately the ancestors are telling me to go. I hear them. Oh, she is... Like, full exorcism backbend walking down the stairs spewing blood not really but that's the vibe <laughs> that and is like i'm like you could literally be the love of my life the only person i will ever love and find in this world who appreciates me and i'll be like bitch mm-hmm. no <laughs> N- no no And then we get, she hits us with a jump scare. She gets in our face and she's not looking too hot. Um, As if she did from the start. But she's like, her face is just like zombified and it's just gross. And she has this weird laugh and it's, it's gross. 
And then the power of feminism activates within her and she picks up Ethan and yeets him back up the stairs. The, she remembers the patriarchy. Her memory was gone, but then the patriarchy flashed in her mind and she just said, Rawr! Right. And um, she comes at us with a knife. We have a little scuffle with her, some stabby stabs. And um, she snaps out of it a little bit only to like bang her head against the wall and mention that she's been a bad girl, that she deserves it until she knocks herself out. She got a degration kink. A little bit, but in in the weird way. Um, <laughs> she's not done yet. Okay, she raises from the ground exorcist style and it's just like, what's up, Ethan? Yeets him again through a wall. And then at this point, Ethan is like survival mode. He gets an ax and he starts defending himself and he kills his wife. Rip, Mia. Um, we take, you know, a moment of silence before we're going through this house again. And then a phone rings and it's Zoe who is planning on helping us throughout this game. We get random phone calls from her being like, go here, do that, pull this, touch that, open this. You'll find this here. She's really cool. Nice and helpful. Me in uh, bed. She... <laughs> Very bossy, but you know. You know how helps. it be. <laughs> Uh, she gives us a clue to get out and we start heading that way, but uh, we run into Mia, who was supposed to be dead, but she's not. She kind of tricks Ethan a little bit and then pulls out a uh, nice little screwdriver, pins his hand to the wall, and then my girl whips out a chainsaw. And she's like, that hurt Ethan that you like killed me. So now I'm going to show you how that feels. And your hand gets chopped off. That's the first of many hands being chopped off. I, I don't know add. where we keep finding these hands. It's the same hand. He just super glues them back together. I guess this man is like, like a stretch Armstrong or something. It's weird. But after, you know, she takes your hand, she kind of shuffles away. Um, we run to her again, but at this point you would have found a gun and we just keep on shooting her until she takes a little nap and we're like, okay, now we're good. All is well in the world until Jack, the head of this household shows up, decks us in the snaz, and then curb stops our face in. So now we've been captured. We've been taken by Jack and when we wake up, we're at a dinner table and our hand that was chopped off has been stapled back together. Thank you. Now we got our hand. Thanks, guys. And we're tied to this chair and literally like a feast is laid before us. Like All garbage. Feast. Yeah. Literal gross. garbage. Maggots. Yeah. Mold. Worms. Yeah. Everything's wow. like wet and glistening. I hate it. But we meet the rest of the family. We got Jack in front of us, Marguerite to our right. Um, we got, what's his face? Their son to our left. His dad chops off his arm for funsies. Lucas, job. It's just. <laughs> I can't stand this family. Anyway. It's hard to believe you um, played this game and like <laughs> enjoyed it. I did. It was just scary. 
I mean, I, I love horror. So I was, I was all for it. And, and the emotions that it evoked out of me, which is pure disgust, but it's not good unless it takes something out of you. You had to take like some gag breaks. Yeah. Just be like, oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. And that's it. Um, we got saved by a phone ringing uh, before they could do any more to scar us more than they already have. And we get a chance to escape. Uh, while we're trying to find an exit, we run into a cop, a black cop. <laughs> you know what that means. He gonna die? He gonna 100% die. <laughs> um, he's, he's surprised to see us, a little suspicious about us because there have been reports of people going missing in this area. And apparently he thinks that we did it, which I think is kind of reverse psychology. How do you guys feel about being profiled? Oh, <laughs> get him. But anyway, um, he tells us to go to the garage where we could talk. And uh, when we get there, he's like, stay back. Don't come any closer. Again, how does it feel, you guys? <laughs> anyway... Before he could do anything, Jack comes up behind him with a nice, cute shovel and shovels half of his head off. Is that the proper terminology? I don't think it is, but... I would just say he, like... it's. I wanted to say cut. It's not really a cut. He, like, literally... Like, it is a cut. Scoop like, is scoop. He kind of scoops it off. I, like... It's like a... Like a perforated little slice to, you know, loosen up the paper... And then a little, whoop, little scoop. And a scoop. Yeah. Like kind of how you do ice cream, you know? We should not be discussing this about someone's head. I mean, he's made up. <laughs> but still, you know, he dies very quickly. But he did his job, which is giving us a gun. And diversity. So That's right. So now <laughs> we get to our first boss battle with Jack. And this is how you do it, you guys. You got to keep your space, keep a circle, a bubble of purity around you. And you keep that space away from him and you keep him away from your space. Okay. Be close enough to make accurate and good headshots. But as soon as you can smell him through your screen, you're too close. Back up. I like keep that. Now you're giving like from him. gameplay advice. So like, okay. And also here's how you win. But it was so difficult. I hated fighting him, literally. But in most RE games, that's usually how you do it. You just stay back and just keep shooting them. Um, if you're having trouble fighting, just run around and scream a bit. Always in your area, there is something that will help you. And in this case, it's keys to a car because you're in a garage and you can run that man over. I did that <gasps> multiple times. And this man is not going down. I've seen this. It's, right? It's the most intense thing you ever go through in your life. But when you're in this car, he ends up getting on top and trying to drive it and then crashes the car. And, you know, that causes a, it knocks him out. You start trying to leave, but then the car explodes and he gets back up again. And but now he's on fire and <laughs> it still doesn't stop him until you're able to like let him have a taste of your gun and blow his brains out imagine the Officially stress KO. in jada's mind when they figure they, they <laughs> tell her the way to beat this guy is to drive and she's like oh 
I don't have my license. <laughs> She's like, I can't drive. I don't know. I mean, let's do this. Jada's just um, pushing on the brake, hey. being like, why won't it turn on? Why can't I run him over? You would scared, die. Yes. <laughs> you would fully. You would think you're 100%, about to hit him. Because every you would time, just reverse out. Every time I get into a car, like I have to double check myself and be like, this is the brake. This is the gas. That's Windshield how it wipers. Works. My mirrors, they're good. Window wipers. Okay. I would have done that all the checklist before and I would have died. 100% or you would have just before popped it into reverse and then just, and just crash. Like, okay. It would have been terrible. But luckily, I wasn't the one driving. Praise. That's all that matters. That's what I say every uh, day. So we get back into the house from the garage we're going through trying to investigate things we come into the bathroom and guess who shows up again freaking jack people like showing up after they're supposed to be dead all the time uh his head where we kind of you know is his brains out all full of gunky snot snot nastiness and his skin is a is baked to golden crisp just right he's he's gross and now he has this weird mallet spiky thing that he's just likes to swing at us um and he becomes a one of our stalking bosses so you know you get to go through the house and try to figure out things but also you have to be on high alert at all times because this man likes to come crashing through doors walls and your life if there's two things I hate in these kinds of games. One, an escort mission. Miss me with that. Mm-hmm. I'm no one's <laughs> escort, okay? I'm here for me, no, myself, and I. Not. And when you have to, Always. of course, the damsel in distress, the young woman who can't defend themselves, and you have to escort them across like a mile long game field, just covered with enemies. No. Don't want to do it. Nope. And then I also mm-hmm. hate a freaking boss that you can't like fight or kill in that moment. You just have to keep running away. Yeah, it's terrible because be- they are so strong that if they hit you at least twice, you're dead. But also you can't do anything to stop them. You can only like stun them before you have to leave, especially because if you need something in that room and you have to get it and they come barging in, no one's having fun. All holds bar. You got to just like go for it, I guess. It is so stressful. This game, stress of my life, but I loved it and I played again. Anyway, um, we got a round two with Jack in this battle where the more we damage him this little like virus thing that's controlling him shows up and we keep on hitting that before his body basically explodes do you think jack was a good guy before he got the little virus in him or do you think he was always like kind of a shit actually we're gonna get to that (gasps) look at me (laughs) i didn't even know we're gonna get to that Good job. But we end up um, finding a trailer where we can talk to Zoe. Yeah. We end up finding a trailer. We get to talk to Zoe. She helps us find out that there's a cure. 
and that we can give it to Mia, but she wants part of it because she's helping us. And we're like, we get it. We got you. Even exchange. Um, you're right. So we're trying to find this cure now. We're trying to find ingredients for it. And while we're doing this, we run into Mama, who gets consumed by the mold that's around the house, along with her lantern that she's obsessed with. And this battle physically hurts me. It is so gross. I hate this. This is, I hate her. She basically turns into a spider. Her arms get so long and her weakness is under her skirt it's these pods like eggs that are just chilling in the country crawls around in 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 the most in, and she crawls around and you have to shoot it i can't jada's it's christian so panic is thick today the minute it like flat the skirt flies up and you see it and you're like who's gonna tell her that's how babies are born anyway (laughs) but you end up shooting it and she's dead and she's fine and it's fine we find ingredients and uh the antidote for the antidote and we try to meet up with zoe again back at the trailer but um she starts getting kind of soft with us, like saying things like, we can leave together. And I'm like, lady, I'm married. I don't like my wife, but I'm married. Yeah, she tried to kill me. What are you trying to do? She did, but I'm married. Loyal husband. Why do you think I'm here? Trying to get my wife. Anyway, um, she's been kidnapped by her brother, Lucas, her and Mia. And he lures us to this, his little fun house of torture what where we have to go through like this big puzzle to try to get back with zoe and mia and it's weird um but when we do get through this puzzle we find zoe we meet her for the first time um she's cute she got she's a brunette like mia short hair and she has a a pretty heavy country accent so pretty much she's our type a little bit but she ends up um she can make the cure i don't know how she does it but she, we give her these two things and she starts like mushing them together and then two boom we got two vials of the cure and she's like here we go freaking jack shows up again remember half of his body was blown off he shows up again as a giant goop monster and he's just like Ethan I can't believe you would use Zoe against me also another theme in this game is family um and everyone starts saying everyone basically hates Ethan because they think they're gonna take their daughter from them so keep that in mind they think Um, he's like a child predator no I it's oh in a weird way but they're not talking about Zoe they're just saying that he's gonna be their daughter's new father um and that's gross we're gonna get to why that's a thing but uh we have this other battle with him and the only way that we can truly kill him is using one of the cures so we use it get him and then jack is finally dead we're never gonna see him again um ethan is able to escape with mia and zoe but before they can leave uh 
you get a chance to choose who you're going to give the last cure to, Mia or Zoe. I honestly forgot what happens if you choose Zoe. So we're just going to do Mia. So you give it to Mia. Zoe's like, no, it's fine. I belong here anyway. And then you get on this boat with Mia and you just go along this river and we leave Zoe behind. So at this point, Mia is not trying to kill us anymore. No, she's been cured from it. Um, Okay. So she's good. She's still kind of like patchy in her mind, but she's not trying to like rar us anymore. Uh, When we leave in this little boat, we kind of get some info from Mia and then we come across this abandoned ship. Another goop demon attacks us and captures Ethan. So we switch and we end up playing as Mia in order to find out what happened. And it turns out Mia wasn't this high ranking trade company girl. She was a research assistant at The Connection. And The Connection is this organization that makes bioweapons, the same thing that Chris is trying to destroy. The goop. So she's ten- yeah, she's technically working for the bad guys. Um, and she was tasked to babysit or bond with this girl named Evelyn. And Evelyn is an experiment with the power to infect others with her mold. And once you're infected, she can control your mind. She is the reason why everyone in the Baker house was going crazy. Um, basically, she went out of control and was obsessed with this thought of being in a family and she infected the Baker family to make them believe that she was their daughter and then kidnapped Mia because she wanted Mia to be her mom. Um, but when all that happened, it happened in the ship. So the reason why Mia was sending Ethan that video was because she was technically going through this whole battle with Evelyn before she took over the ship. And she sent that video as a last effort just to say goodbye to Ethan. But still she sent it not wanting him to come find her and and it was a stupid idea. But Evelyn finds out that Mia is married to Ethan and then wants Ethan to be her father so that Mia can be her mother. And that's why the Baker family was just like, don't take our daughter away. It's because Evelyn made them think that she was part of their family. Mm. It's weird. Um, but we do end up finding Ethan and Mia frees him from his like little moldy prison only for Evelyn to take over Mia's mind one more time uh, because she was surrounded by Mia's mold or Evelyn's mold. And then we switch back and play as Ethan. So now we're on the ship and we're able to make another cure and we try to catch Evelyn because she's just roaming around and she's hitting us with illusions and telepathic powers and all that good stuff. Uh, but we end up getting close to her in order to use a cure and we show and we finally see her aging form. So in the Baker household, when we first found the family, there was everyone. And then there was this weird old lady that was just kind of knocked out to her left. She didn't do anything, but she was so creepy and she ended up being at random places she was scary that ended up being Evelyn so she has two forms the little girl that we knew her to be and wanted a family and then her weaker form as this old lady that she took to kind of be with the family and keep an eye on them it was weird 
Uh, but from that cure, she basically turns into this even bigger moldy goop monster. And then we defeat her. And just in time for BSAA to show up and Ethan meets Chris for the first time. Then they take Ethan and Mia and they head up to a helicopter and happily ever after. Or so you thought. Um, but going back to when Cole smartly said that you think Jack was always like that, he wasn't. There's actually a moment before we change back to Ethan um, that Ethan gets a time to speak with the family. And we actually see that Jack is a really cool guy. He's super soft and very family oriented. And he really just found Evelyn thinking that she was a girl just lost. And when he found her, she kind of woke up and then just took over the family. Um, so, she, you know, he was always just a really nice guy, but he ended up being an absolute jerk because of Evelyn. So that sucks. But yeah, that's basically Resident Evil 7. Seems um, pretty quick. It's a pretty short game. It's nothing really crazy. It becomes a really long game when you're like stuck somewhere and trying to figure out a puzzle. But the story itself is pretty short and um, it's pretty solid too. There are little Easter eggs of the other games. We got Chris there and um, it just basically tells the story of Ethan and his wife Mia and kind of what happened in Louisiana. It sucks. Must be yeah. a crazy state. I mean, if they got a little girl who's able to control mold, then yeah. But anyway, um, we're going to get to eight, but we're going to take a really quick break mm -hmm. just to have you guys to be ready. Like I said, eight isn't as crazy. I think I did a pretty good job of not going into great detail of seven, but you know. Eight has more good. story. Eight definitely has more story. It's definitely longer. Um, because they're adding on to what we already know. So, yeah. We'll see you there. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, really quick, nothing really major about the background of Resident Evil 8 but it was made last year in 2021. I got that game so fast, you guys, so fast. And I was super excited to play it. And it was pretty much beautiful. I loved how they continued the story. Um, only thing that I would really say as that could be triggering with some people is child harm. Um, so if you don't really care for that, then this episode's probably not for you. I, mean, I don't okay. think anyone cares for it, but if it's going to trigger you. Yeah, that's it. That's my only thing. Um, other than that, we're pretty much good to go. Uh, so this Resident Evil 8 continues on with the story in 7. These are some of the characters that we see that are pretty much new. So we still have Mia, Ethan, and Chris. Um, but now Mia and Ethan have a daughter, and her name is Rosemary Winters. But they call her Rose. Um, I think it's kind of cute. A I... little bit. A little bit. I think it's kind of cute. Okay, Magnolia. I 
hate you. But anyway, Rosemary Winters, daughter of me and Ethan. Um, next, we have Mother Miranda. She's a cult leader and a scientist. Then we have Carl Heisenberg. He is daddy, along with Chris. I love that man. But he is um, an experiment of Mother Miranda's, and she, he's the strongest that she has, and he can control metal with his mind. Um, then we have Salvatore Monroe. He is like the most mutated out of these experiments that Mother Miranda has, and he got fish powers. I wouldn't call it a power. He just like is a fish. I mean, he can transform into a giant fish, but he got fish powers. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to butcher her last name, but I think it's Donna Beniento. I think it's Italian. It's really cute. But Donna and her doll, Angie, her face is pretty much covered because she's kind of mutated in one of her eyes, but she got a little doll fetish and Angie is the doll. That's it. And then we have the queens, the vampire queens. We have Alcina Demitresque and her three daughters. We have Bella, the oldest, then Cassandra, and then the youngest, Daniela. They're all vampires. We love them. And you know why we love them? Because Jada loves vampires. And we know that. And also, Lady D is mommy. That's it. Everyone is thirsting for her. Everyone. As soon as we saw her, we were just like, oh, hello, strong, eight foot tall woman. Literally Love. eight foot tall. Literally eight foot tall. She's huge. In that. All and the good regions. places. <laughs> All the places. Um, after that, we have the Duke, who is an omnipotent god. He's not. He sells us ammos and stuff, and we can trade with him. He just always shows up when we need him, so I love him. Um, and then we have the hag, who literally shows up when I don't need her, and she's ugly and gross. Hence, she's called the hag. But we're going to get to her later. Um, okay, those are the characters. Here's the story. Pretty long, so buckle up, but we're going to get through it. First, it starts with a child story. It's Mia reading this child book to her daughter, Rose, who is a baby right now. She's a little baby. And the story goes like this. A little girl is picking flowers in the woods with her mom, but she goes way too far into the woods. And as she's in there, the girl is remembering these scary stories that her mom used to tell her. And she gets like really scared and her throat becomes dry and she gets real thirsty. And this bat lord shows up and bites his wing and gives her some of his blood so that she cannot be thirsty anymore. And the girl's like, yeah, thank you. And he's like, no problem. Go on your merry way. Um, so as she continues through the woods, she comes across this graveyard and the air becomes really cold and she gets super chilly. Then this dark weaver, which I think is more like death, basically shows up and makes her a pretty little dress to keep her warm. And the girl's like, gee, thanks, man. And he's like, no problem. Go on your merry little way. So then the girl is trying to get back home and she finds a boat and goes across this really dark sea. But then she goes, she gets really hungry. And this fish king pops up out of the sea and gives him and gives her one of his scales to eat. And she's like, heck yeah, now I'm not hungry. 
back on the land, she comes across this iron steed, which has a gold gear on its forehead. And she thinks it's another gift. So she kind of snatches it. And he's just like, oh, that wasn't a gift. And he summons all the other monsters that helped her during the story. And when all of them are together, a wind whirls around them and then a witch appears. And Mia describes the witch to be dark, but regal. And that's when the story ends. Um, So we're kind of halfway through it, but we find out that it's been three years since that whole Louisiana thing. Um, Ethan and Mia got a baby. They're pretty much under like a protection program that Chris runs in order to like keep them safe. They're going through therapy. They're kind of disagreeing on some things, Um, but they're basically chilling as a family. Um, Another thing too, is that little Rose actually has some health problems and she's been going to a doctor. That's kind of important. So keep that in mind. Um, But Mia's like, go take the baby to bed. Ethan's like, yes, ma'am. And he goes, um, takes Rose to bed. And when he comes back down, he has dinner with Mia. Um, but then the lights turn off and, and Mia gets shot up. Literally. Like a bunch of bullets come raining down on Mia and Ethan is able to dodge them because he's stealthy. But anyway... <laughs> These armed forces break into their house and their leader is Chris, woot woot. And he is looking like a whole snack. Gourmet meal. We Holy. love him. This is um, like trench coat him. Yeah, like this is like, he got a big coat. He looking menacing and delicious. And we love him. Uh, when Ethan tries to get answers from him, Chris knocks him out and he is taken along with Rose. But Ethan wakes up only to discover that the vehicle that he was in has been crashed and Rose is missing. And so he's like, mission, find daughter. Wife is dead, find daughter. So he follows a path to this village where there are little to no uh, survivors. And it is riddled with these things called werewolves. I do not associate them with werewolves because they're gross. That's I mean, it. werewolves are kind of gross. Werewolves can either be one of two things. Actual, like, big dogs or humanoid creatures that still look like dogs but can stand on two legs. These things are neither. They're just hairy guys that chomp <laughs> They're just hairy men. That's it. Literally, that's it. But during your first encounter with one of these, they take a nice big chomp out of Ethan's hands. And for the remainder of the game, our left hand has only three fingies. That's it. Again. Again. No one likes his hands. I don't know why. But we find some weapons and a radio lets us know that there are some survivors in this safe house. And so that's where we go first. Um, Ethan has some some more fights with these so-called werewolves. And then this giant werewolf that I associate with Krampus because he looks like (laughs) Santa Claus, but he looks like zombie Santa Claus. So he's Krampus. 
and he has this giant hammer and he goes like thumping and swinging his giant hammer and a santa claus hat and a little sandy hat with a present no he doesn't have presents he has coal because krampus gives you coal or takes you down to hell depending on what story you're looking at anyway um at this point we meet the hag who is literally crazy and gives us like hints to things but she's weird and small and gross (laughs) i say small because the camera makes you look down at her which shows you like height difference Mm -hmm. she's tiny so it's that's it i just figured you were height phobic no like literally she's just small and i'm also small but i don't identify as small okay (laughs) anyway we find two survivors an old man and his daughter and we help them get to the safe house we're really not welcomed but you know they let us in anyway and we find out that this whole village worships mother miranda she's she's the cult leader of it you know they think that she's gonna be their salvation and everything and i don't know what she did to make these people believe that but they do they end up like literally praying to her and we're like okay cool intimidation so, man it'll go a long way i i i definitely think that is because she basically governs this land along with four lords um which are the guys that i told you about before they all like control this land and yeah i guess they're all pretty scared of them i feel like um and this is like slightly off topic and m- if you're a very religious person, I guess slight trigger warning here. Um, but I feel like that's why people are just like religious in general is just because of fear. Like, I think they're just like afraid of like this idea of like this omnipresent, omnipotent being. So they're like, oh, I better believe. I mean, if you're being told that if you're, you don't believe in this person or if you're not a nice person throughout this life, that you're gonna be when you die you're gonna go to this place then like literally will set you on fire every single day for eternity i'd be kind of scared too but you know that's for them that's no healer there anyway um we are at this house and the old man that we brought in with his daughter he actually got bit by one of these so-called werewolf creature thingies and he's starting to change into one. Um, and he like literally kills the entire household and starts a fire. And it's just like a big thing. Ethan tries to get out of there with this guy's daughter, but she ends up dying in the fire. And then it's just us again. And we're like, cool. I'm pretty All sure. By myself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we uh we killed off the rest of the villagers. <laughs> <laughs> but Um, We keep on moving because we have to. And we end up at this warehouse where we're stopped by Daddy Heisenberg. He takes a bunch of metals and kind of like cocoons Ethan and then stabs him. And then he takes him to this kind of abandoned church where the four lords are having a council meeting with Miranda. And this is where like we see all of them in their full glory for the first time all together. So Heisenberg... Uh, he's a scruffy guy that like wears circle glasses and a hat and he can control metal like I said so he has a mallet he Um, looks like 
if Matthew McConaughey was playing a cowboy? Honestly? I know, right? That's kind of it. That's kind of the vibe, yeah. Like, you know how, like, Matthew McConaughey... Am I thinking of Matthew McConaughey correctly? Who's the one in A Star is Born with Lady Gaga? Is that Bradley Cooper? Oh, I actually think that is... Yep, that's Bradley Cooper. I'm thinking of, like, Bradley Cooper and how some of the movies he kind of looks a little homeless-y. Um, Have you seen American Sniper? Yeah. It's, like, very that vibe, but, like, a cowboy. Yeah, Yeah, basically. Like an American cowboy. mm -hmm, That's him. Um, And he's cool. He has a nice voice. His voice actor is cool. And he's, like, a decent guy. Yeah, honestly. Um, Then we have Lady D in all her glory. She was Lady D! She wears this big sun hat and she has one of those, like, what are those called? Those long, like... Like a nightgowny little dress. Yeah, it's it's pretty vintage. Um, and then she carries one of those, like, long, like, smoking... Um, it's like a cigarette stick, like Coella yeah. DeVille. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how fancy she is. She is better than everyone, and you see it clearly. She's class and ass all in a glass. All of it. It's beautiful. Um... And then we see Monroe, who is uh, the little, he's like a little Igor, hunched, and has a terrifying face. And he's kind of shy and just like, mother, like that's his vibe. Um, And then we have Donna, who is completely cloaked in black, and she has her doll, but her doll is alive. It speaks and walks, and she says nothing. This doll does it all. It's weird. And this doll has like a little like wedding dress. It's weird. But her name is Angie, like I said. Uh, So they're having this meeting and they're trying to figure out who's going to take care of Ethan. Who's going to do the deal and kill him. Heisenberg and Lady Z argue because they both think that they should be able to do it. But Mother Miranda ultimately picks Heisenberg, who is clearly her favorite. But Heisenberg hates her like Heisenberg is the strongest that Mother Miranda has created, but literally he hates her gust. And Lady D is the second strongest, but Mother Miranda couldn't really care less, honestly. But she tries. Um, so Heisenberg allows Ethan to kind of run off and puts him basically on a chase, complete with wolves and spiky bone-crushing machines to try to kill Ethan, but he makes it out. And after a couple puzzles, we're able to gain passage to Lady D's castle. At the entrance, we finally meet the Duke, who sells and trades stuff in his cart. Um, and he is mysteriously able to move from house to house. Um, and we basically see him throughout the entire game. And he always has this little area where it's kind of like a safe zone and we're able to buy and sell things. And He's just kind of cool. But he tells us that Rose is actually in the castle. And Ethan's like, bet, let's go. Mm-hmm. So we make it to the castle and we're immediately captured by the daughters of Dimitrescu. And they hang us from the ceiling by our hands. People and Ethan's hands. I don't get it. But 
Lady D says that she tastes some of Ethan's blood and says that he's kind of stale, which I'm like, that's weird. But we're going to get to why she that is. She called us old. A little bit. Uh, but we escape from that room and now the castle Demetresque is kind of our playground. We're going around solving puzzles, trying to get out, and we're trying to find Rose. That is our mission. We need Rose. And we learn more about the queens too. Um, Lady D becomes a stalking boss after we kill one of her daughters, um, which pretty much is a pattern. You're going through this and you have to try to run away from Lady D, but then randomly one of her daughters shows up and then you have to fight them. So we end up killing all of her daughters, which kind of sucks. And after each daughter's death, we do have a moment of Lady D realizing that they're not alive and then having a moment of like, I can't believe this man thing touched my daughters, like all that stuff. And really quick, I love Lady D. And it's not, it's also for the reasons because she's beautiful, but she is a character I have not seen, which is like a strong, powerful woman who is also soft. Like, and she's sexually alluring, not because of what she's wearing, but because of like how she holds herself. She's confident and beautiful. She cares for her daughters, actually loves them and takes on a nurturing nurturing nature as most women are prone to be, but she is also deadly and a leader of her own domain. And I literally love how they did her she's mm-hmm. beautiful like feminism perfect mix that's how you do it guys um but she's a villain in her own right like she is planning on killing the protagonist but she does it in her own way and that's the best anyway um we are pretty much towards the end of her domain before we are able to find this basically like vampire killing knife that we stab Lady D with and it does nothing to her honestly it just makes her mad and then makes her transform into her true form which is like this giant winged mutated dragon creature thingy Mm -hmm. which you know she's like I'm so beautiful which you are queen but, but not right now. Not in that. Not in that. <laughs> not here on this day. Um, but we ended up killing that creature, which that battle was actually really fun, but very terrifying in the more harder difficulties because I am going through like a couple, like a, I think my third playthrough of this game in a hard difficulty and I literally had nothing I had no weapons no ammo no bullets I had nothing and running around this giant dragon creature is terrifying but we kill her and that's all that matters um after that fight we find one of we find a flask this like um it's a square container that's yellow and it has some dirt on it but uh the cap of it is actually lady d's crest so we find that we take it with us and when ethan gets back to duke he's mad because he's like rose wasn't there what the hell and duke is like what do you mean he's she wasn't in there you're holding her right now 
and we're like, mm. what? And Ethan looks down at this flask. He rubs some of the dirt away and it says Rosemary, Rosemary Winter's head. And we're like, oh, Mother Miranda chopped up our baby into little tiny baby pieces. <sighs> so it's then that Duke tells us that each of the four lords has a piece of our baby. Um, Lady D had the head and now we got to go find the rest of her. And Ethan's like, oh my God, my baby. And the Duke's like, don't worry, we'll be able to fix her. You just need all, all the other flask. Put her and, together like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, you know, super glue her together just like you did your hand. All that stuff. Um, Doesn't so like, um, in Lady D's mansion thing, he gets his hand cut off, right? Yeah, he's trying to like get up this elevator when he uh, is trying to find Rose. He ends up going into her room and she finds him. And then when she tries to, he tries to like pull this lever and she cuts off his hand. And then when he's in this elevator, he like uses his green Gatorade and like pours it on his arm and then glues his hand back together. And he's just like, boom, good as new. Yeah. Well, and like, that's a, it's a good segue to talk about like how Lady D was just in her, like, I guess like more humanist form. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause she, you know, she's just like a hot lady, tall, da, 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 da. But her hand, when she pulls it out, bitch, she's fucking Edward Scissorhands. She got this black glove with these real long, like, sharp nails, basically. And that's what she cut him with. Yeah, they, she likes to say she'll cut them into ribbons. But yeah, her fingers grow into these, like, sharp knives. And she just slices and dices things. Yeah. It's really scary because when she finds you at different parts of her castle she basically like whips them out and she's like i hope you're ready and i'm like i'm not honestly she's like kind of female slender man a little bit because she's tall and long fingies but she's not scary she's very pretty oh she, she's a little scary <laughs> i think you're blinded Actually. by titties a little bit but i think we all are i'm not It's different. <laughs> I think you would be too. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, right. The Duke tells Ethan about these four lords and Ethan's like, all right, bet. Here we go. And as one we're down, going, we, three to go. One, one down, three to go. And as we are going through this village, we find like different keys that are going to open to the different domains of the four lords and so we're trying to like piece these keys together so the next lord that we visit is donna with her doll uh and she lives actually in this cute little manor by the waterfall i if her manor wasn't completely surrounded by dolls and didn't have a basement of death i would live there it's honestly really cute but she's terrifying we take an elevator to her basement and we have to solve a lot of puzzles. Her whole domain is just like puzzles. And at the end of it, we are chased by this spawn of Satan. It's this like slug demon baby that's like daddy and keeps on like running towards us and it's all bloody and it has tiny little hands. 
and it chases you to the elevator. And this was the most stressful thing of my life. I remember hearing you play this. It was so scary. It's so dark. And you just hear this like thump, thump, daddy. And I'm like, oh my God, I am no father of yours, child. And then you have to try to hurry up and press the elevator button so that it can open while this demon thing is thump, thump, thumping behind you. And you got to try to get in. And it's just like, oh, they're just like, (sighs) (laughs) it was so scary. This is like a trauma memory for you. Because I was playing it in the dark and then Cole was on the phone with me. And all he heard is just me screaming. I died like three times. Oh, yeah. I was just I like vibing. I was just like, do, do, do. What's going on, Jada? And I would just like, we do this thing where like we get on a call because one of us have a has to, like a question for the other or something we want to talk about. Then we do it. And then we're like, oh, we're already on this call. So let's just like let it sit here for like five hours. <laughs> it's really weird yeah so then the call is just like chilling but we're like doing our like i'm like fully like cooking and like cleaning using the bathroom like just doing my normal life things and jada's like vibing playing her video game so then i'm just like hanging out and all of a sudden just like the loudest is like "Ah, ah, ah." that's how jada screams (laughs) wow thanks you you like a build up always like you're like Ah! I know it's coming. I know it's coming, and I don't want to like totally scream when it's nothing, but it's usually always something, and then I scream. It's scary, you guys. It was a demon baby, all bloody and gross, and looking like a whole messed up vagina. Babies are scary. (sighs) But anyway. We end up getting back to the first floor where Donna and her doll Angie has a bunch of other dolls and they're waiting for us. And then we play a game of hide and seek and stab. Um, which is basically like Angie goes to hide and then when we find her, we stab her. It's fun. Angie works as a uh as Donna's heart, and then once we're able to get her enough, she dies and then Donna dies and then we're able to like we're able to collect things from all the different bosses so for Lady Dimitrescu each of her daughters that we killed came out as like a crystal like a crystallized versions of them and then Lady D after she died we had like a crystallized version of her and hers was the most beautiful as always and you're able to sell them I have never sold Lady D. After I kill her, that true. crystal is mine. I'm not selling it. And she Even goes off for a lot of money. she needed to sell it. It's a lot of money, but I'm not doing it because I have a heart. Did I sell everyone else's? Absolutely. But that's not the point. Anyway. <laughs> the power um, of titties. So we're able- yeah, it's strong. Um, we're able to get another flask. So woohoo. And our next boss that we fight is Monroe. Um, he is the easiest one. Literally. By far. He is the easiest one. We get the flask first. And then we just have to escape him. And it's he just. Like him. Like Fishman. Mm-hmm. Doll Fish lady. Man, yep. 
Dimitras, a metal guy, Matthew McConaughey. Boom. That's basically it. Like, he is so easy. Um, By... He's basically his domain is just surrounded by water and a bunch of like icky water is a nice way of stuff. putting this liquid. I don't think this liquid is water. I think it's two percent water and like eighty nine percent fungus and moss and poop <laughs> and pee and blood, like just gross, vile, brown green water. And you know this man is an easy boss because they also put a ton of little like small fights in it with like other little minions so it's like that's how you know when a boss is easy yeah pretty much it's just it was just like flopping around he's just a giant fish Um, but we do a lot of eyes honestly but we do run into chris in this domain and his team and they're pretty much researching the area and again ethan's like what's going on and chris is like can't tell you and our He's meeting like, is cut well, short. Killed three of them. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, like I'm doing, I'm making comes. money moves. Like literally, guys, I have like three flasks already. We're almost done. Do? Come on, bro, Lit- help me. Literally, like, what is going on? And Chris is like, Ethan, you don't know. And Ethan's like, obviously. So tell me. Otherwise, That's I'm just gonna keep killing. And he does. Because we kill Monroe and, and he's dead. Uh, but now we're trying to get to Heisenberg. But he actually gets to us first. And he kind of nice puts man. us on a little test. Yes. And he sends us to uh, his stronghold, which is just riddled with werewolves and gadgets and death machines. And he's like, get through there and get the flask. And then, you know, we'll be cool. Basically, Heisenberg wants to help help Ethan, but he wants to test him first, and that was the test. Um, so we got the flask from that one, and then he tells us that we can put these flasks in this altar. And when we do that, it opens up a passage to Heisenberg's factory. And when we meet up with him, Heisenberg it basically explains how much he hates everyone. He hates Miranda. He hates Lady D. He hates Donna. He hates, he hates, he hates everyone. He hates himself. He literally hates everyone. And he's like, Ethan, I will help you defeat Miranda. We just got to use your daughter. And Ethan's like, mm, you had me at help. And then you lost me at using my daughter. And honestly, I think Heisenberg and Ethan would have made a really cool team. Power if he couple. Didn't, yeah. If he didn't want to, you know, like kill his daughter and use her power. I'd like to think that if Heisenberg, like, in his human, like, not gross, moldy form, he would have just been, like, hot, rugged Bradley Cooper. I think, like, if he shaved and cut his hair no, no, and no, maybe no, took no, a shower, no, no, he'll no, be no, good. No, 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 Shower, yes. The rest of the stuff. Maybe a trim of the beard and a light trim of the hair, and he'd be golden. He's hot. He got scars all over him. I 110% believe that he got a dad bod. People depict him with like a six pack. And I'm like, no, he's a mechanic. He got like a a little beer belly. Beer belly. He has like a little beer belly and like strong arms. 100%. And as we know, (laughs) Cole do love that. I 100% believe that. And you know what? Keeper. 
but he doesn't help Ethan. He actually kicks him to the <laughs> farthest part of his factory, like deep down under. And then now we have to get back to the top of his factory. And his thing is like, I feel like it's the longest, like all of these twists and turns and these You enemies. were playing it for a while, I remember. Like it was so long and it wasn't like, even puzzles it was just a bunch of like enemies that came out of nowhere and they were so hard to kill because each one had like a different let's say like battery that you had to shoot at some of them it was on their back but they never showed you their back others was on their chest but they were like armored up and they always covered it and it was just so annoying it was fun but it was just like tedious like constantly doing stuff but when we get back up to the top, we meet up with Chris again. And Chris gives us a little present. And it's a massive tank. And he's like, Ethan, go for it. But Chris lets us know that the Mia that they killed wasn't actually Mia. It was Mother Miranda. She snuck into the Winter's house and pretended to be Mia to take the baby. And Chris knew. And instead of just telling Ethan... He just shot her and then just left Ethan. Like, at this point, Chris could have at least opened up a little bit, but he didn't, and it was annoying. But anyway, we used this giant tank to destroy Heisenberg because he had uh, recently turned into this giant junk monster machine that he's powerful. Like, he took a bunch of different metals and was throwing it putting it on him to heal himself it was just it was a crazy battle but that tank did its job and we kill heisenberg and after his death we finally come face to face with miranda and she shows us all our forms she was if we see her normal form we see her as mia trying to trick ethan and she was also the hag so she was always there weird lady um, but this is basically her story. Miranda had lost her daughter to the flu and she became a researcher at the Connections, the same place that Mia worked. And she actually helped make Evelyn, the girl that can control mold, but she deemed it a failure because Evelyn was crazy and she ended up getting affected by her mold. Through that mold, Miranda was able to make this sort of parasite and merge it with various people, hence why everyone all the four lords are crazy they are all her experiments that were merged with this parasite she was doing this because she was trying to create a perfect vessel in order to take her dead daughter and put it in and allow her to live again but none of them worked and then she found rose which if you remember back to the previous game both mia and ethan were affected by the mold at one point and them having a baby basically like transferred that into Rose, but made her a little stronger, kind of in the sense like she has the power to control mold a little bit, but not really. But that's basically like what's going on. Um, and Rose ended up being like the perfect vessel. So after that master plan, Ethan's like, give me back my daughter. You're not going to use her to bring back your daughter because if I know you it's going to be ugly and we don't want that but she's like mm, how about no and rips out Ethan's heart Ethan's dead 
our main guy. After this, we switch over and we play as Chris. Mm-hmm. We play as Chris, and this this is his like army uniform. He wearing all black, strapped up with like all this ammo. Uh huh. Sweet Jesus, his arms. He has like fully automatic weapons, which this is like the first time in the game you like get a weapon that you're like, oh, I can actually do significant damage with this. Whereas before, you're like pistol shooting everything. Yeah, and you have a little dinky knife. And it's like, Chris has all this ammo. And you're traveling through this village as Chris. And at random, like, points, you have, like, ammo dropped to you. So, like, you never lose ammo. And it's almost like you don't even know what to do with yourself. Because this entire game, you've been in Resident Evil mode, which is inventory management. Which is, listen, we don't waste bullets like that. And Chris has all of these bullets, and it's like a kid at a candy store. It is so much fun. Hold down trigger. Like, all the time. And you know you're never going to get, like, it's beautiful. I love it. But we ended up um, getting to Miranda's lab, where we find out, you know, more about her and all that stuff. And we find Mia, who was actually captured by Miranda and kept there so that she can pose as Mia. Um, and then Mia lets Chris know that Ethan has a little secret. And here it is. Um, at the Baker house, when Jack punched us and curb stomped our head in, Ethan died at that moment. The entire game, he was alive only because of the mold that Evelyn used on him and infected him. This entire thing is basically like, Ethan being a walking corpse and not knowing. That's why he was able to heal so much. That's why whenever his hands were chopped off, he was able to glue it back on just fine. Mm-hmm. All of this because of that. What we didn't know, we, we knew he was infected, but we didn't know how much. So now that we understand that, we understand like what power Rose could have because her dad is like fully mold inside of his body. And then he just knocked up Mia, who was previously molded, and then they had a baby. Mold baby. Mold baby. So, and also this is a really cool scene too, because actually it's Ethan kind of in his mind. It's so cold outside. Um, But we actually see Evelyn. We see like a shadow of her and she's talking to Ethan and she's explaining like, Ethan, you're dead literally you are hanging on by a thread and her mold is leaving his body so he's kind of like barely there but when he wakes up he's with the duke and the duke at this point has become he's become pretty cool like he understands what ethan's doing he's encouraging it we get to buy from his shop one last time before we head into battle miranda is able to like semi summon her daughter but it ended up just being rose and one of rose's powers is that she can kind of drain the power from miranda and so she's just like oh great so now we're in a scuffle with miranda she got a couple forms i want to make this no because cole actually watched me um end this game and he Mm -hmm. was very rude (laughs) 
it was very rude and disrespectful because one of Miranda's forms is like this weird skeleton bat lady with long fingers. And mm-hmm. Cole made a reference that her fingers were like my fingers. And I think that's rude because I have cute, delicate, small little fingers and she has long, weird fingers. You know how like Jack Skellington's legs are like weirdly skinny and long for his body? Yes. Insert Jada's hands. Absolutely not. I this think girl just... could hold two basketballs with them fingers. I could not. <laughs> not like that. Her pinky can hit the dash all the way on the number pad while her thumb can reach all the way to control. One side of the keyboard to the other. I just, I, my fingers are double jointed and they're long and slim and he's always been jealous of them. Sure. We kill Mother Miranda. Okay. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. We were just like on the thread of life. She ripped our heart out, but like we're mold guy. Mm-hmm. How are we yeah. still alive? Because we're mold guy. But so like even we're without our heart, away. we're just fine. Yeah, like we're fading away, but we're still up and going. So it's like slow process. Yeah, because right after this battle, when he actually has Rose in his arms, he starts like disintegrating like the baker family did after you killed them so now chris is seeing this and there he's like oh crap ethan we got to get out of here they were able to plant a bomb um in this village and they need to like detonate it and just get out of there so he's trying to get ethan and rose out of there but ethan is not lasting long and he gives Chris Rose and then he takes off his jacket and gives that to him too. So Rose has something to remember him by. And then he takes the detonator and pushes Chris out of the way so that he can get trapped into the village. And he says his goodbyes to Rose and then detonates the bomb. And Chris and Rose are able to get meet Mia in a helicopter and they get out and the city or the village goes ablaze. Mia's like, where's my husband? What's going on? Chris is like visibly distressed. He did not want to leave Ethan, but there was no choice. And there was pretty much nothing they could do to help him. He was now finally dying. Um, But now Mia has Rose. And after all of this, we do end up seeing Rose older. We are kind of, We don't really get to see her true power, but it looks like she was raised by Mia and Chris and their own organization and her powers are getting stronger. Um, And after she gets kind of picked up from someone, we see someone kind of like walking in the distance and stops their car from going somewhere. We don't know who that is. But it's very suspicious, and I hope they they make a game coming soon. They're setting um, up. But yeah, they're setting up for something. But yeah, that's Resident Evil Seven and Eight. Final thoughts? thoughts. Um, 
I love this game. I love these games. They they were so much fun to play. I was so excited when I found out that they were continuing the story on seven since it was so different from the regular games that I was used to. And I really liked the characters. Um, I grew a soft spot for Ethan, you know, no matter what, he was always doing things for his family and he mm-hmm. was strong and funny and he was overall a solid guy. Um, Mia still just, uh, um, I thought the bosses were super cool. Overall, 10 out of 10. I played this game constantly. Love it. I would give it like seven out of 10. Like, I think they're good games. I don't play them just because it's not my style necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. I love the story. I think the story is good, but I think in typical Resident Evil fashion, there's always this underlying air of like, yeah, we know this sounds a little convoluted and it kind of is, you know? So it, yeah. there's always those vibes where I'm just like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. I'm like, he's mold, yeah, think, really? Um, he's mold? Yeah, he's mold, he's mold guy right now. And so I'm is like, his daughter. That makes no sense, but okay. But you know, it works out. This is a solid story. I appreciate it. Yeah. So next week, once you guys hear this, yeah, the next week will be my birthday episode. And I still don't know what we're going to do. We're probably just going to vibe and talk about stuff and tangent and let things just happen and flow. So it'll be pretty laid back. That's my style. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just going to show up and whatever he wants to do, that's it. But it'll, it'll be, be fun. great. Yes. So let us know down below if you guys have played Resident Evil, which of your favorite Resident Evil games is your favorite. Don't forget to leave us a five star review. Look in the description of this episode for any details in our link tree, which will take you to our Instagram and our Discord. We post our monthly podcast schedule on our Instagram so you can get ready for what episodes are coming up in the future. And we're done. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye.